Let's go focus, breathe. Now pull the thing up. Go, 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 go. Up. You've got it, Rawdon. You've got it. Stand. Stand up. Very good. Hello and welcome. This is Under the Bar, episode two of the Clean Health Podcast, where we talk all things lifestyle, nutrition, and training. Uh, surprisingly enough, actually, clean health management in their infinite wisdom. Yes, uh, infinite. Seemed to pass episode one, and yeah. all of a sudden it's been stamped and approved, and water under the bridge, Tom. Here we are. My name is Tom Hewitt. I'm a level three coach at Clean Health. With me, the co pilot is level five performance coach and the manager at Clean Health, Mr. Rawdon Dubois. Rawdon, you look excited to be here. Very excited, Tom. Uh, excited to be here this week and every other week. <laughs> Mate, I think actually if you, could, uh, if you could somehow replicate the performance that you deliver when you're chairing the weekly Clean Health staff meetings, I, I think we'd all be in uh, a yes. really special treat. That, that Sahara-like, uh, very dry delivery. It's quite appealing. Dry. Dry. Big show coming up. Exercise of the week. We're going for some hip extension. Ah, yes. The Romanian deadlift and its variations. Our superfood segment. We discussed uh, coconut oil and the benefits last week. I hope you've been uh, ladling it quite liberally throughout your day. This week, we're going to have a look at apple cider vinegar. Another very uh, inexpensive superfood, Tom. Absolutely, Rawdon. The training program of the week. The heavy light method. A little bit of a focus on hypertrophy yep. in this episode, so we're going to have a look at a system which is simple in its applications, but allows you to tap into um, a variety of muscle fibres and really... Yep. Uh, the fast twitch and slow twitch time. The heavy and the light. That's it. Supplement of the week, it's a staple in pretty much every gym bag across mm. Australia, and that mm. is whey protein. Yep. So we'll have a look at the various forms of whey protein and when it's most suitable to use it, the different uh, pros and cons, basically. Yeah, do's and don'ts. It's not for everyone. No. All the time. And our very special guest on this episode, and it's a big one, uh, Rawdon, Charles Poliquin. Yep. One of the most successful and highly celebrated strength coaches of all time, really. I mean, yep. he's trained athletes across 15, 20 different uh, Olympic sports, got a ton of medals, professional athletes, hockey players, NFL players, the, the list yeah. goes on. Uh, I think he's got a, you know, a good 35 years plus in the industry, so um, a wealth of knowledge will be picking his brain uh, as much as we can he's certainly um someone i've looked up to and uh inspired me to um i guess be who i am today so yeah, yeah. it's going to be awesome it'd be exciting to get him on the show so that's all coming up on the program it's a big one to stick around for and rawdon we should mention as we yep. like to do every episode that you and i discuss these various things and we yeah. talk about the strategies that we use at clean health and and they are just things that we use it's yeah. by no means do we say that this is the only blanket way to achieve a yeah. result things that we've had experience with yeah, exactly. It's, I guess, a, an insight into what we actually do down at the CHPC in the trenches. But yeah, it's certainly, we're not saying it's the, the only way and um, yeah, every other way is wrong. It's just uh, our spin on things. The show is brought to you by Easy Eating. Check out easyeating.com.au. Um, they are basically a meal service. They cook up you know, healthy whole foods, portions of protein, some salad, and they deliver it out to you twice weekly. And later in the show, we'll give you a chance to win a seven-day Clean Health starter pack where you don't have to, mm. don't have to cook food for seven days, which, uh, which sounds all right to me. Very good.
Yeah, the week that was. It's been an interesting week down at the CHPC. It always is. Um, yeah. You might actually, just while we are discussing things, you might hear the, the hum and the bubble in the Hustle background. And we're actually broadcasting this show out of the Eagle Waves radio studios, which are located in Vivo Cafe, which is a, a thriving cafe on George Street in Sydney. And uh, it's a very pleasant place to come here and deliver a podcast, Rawdon. Very pleasant. And the, and the coffee's not bad, too. Okay, Rawdon, we're going to have a look at uh, one of your clients. I mean, she's competed before, so she's been in yeah. very lean condition and got up yep. on stage before, and you're prepping her for another show, and there's been some issues with her digestion uh, yeah. during the week, and, and we know from previous discussions in episode one that the crucial role that digestion plays in yeah. uh, body composition and, and in general health. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about that. I guess with, with her, a lot of um, obvious signs of digestive issues in the form of you know bloating after she eats uh, a variety of food so it wasn't just the one food like she had a cheat meal where she may have had some dairy that's fair enough if she gets a little bit of uh, discomfort from that but mm. but it was just general you know when she eats she was getting a bit of bloating and and, and distension i guess and for you know for a competitor at, at six weeks out from a show you know having a very uncomfortable distension through the through the lower stomach is not very good aesthetically you know when they look in in the, in the practice posing because posing is a big part of what these girls do uh, stage presentations so obviously from that point of view uh, very uncomfortable you know getting getting the uh, into a bikini and, and, and practicing but also when we're manipulating caloric intake and, and increasing training and, and uh, perhaps bringing in some uh, you know fat burning uh, stimulus you know, we really required her digestion, her body to be absorbing as much as it possibly can. So we're taking the time to eat well and uh, getting all those those macronutrients and, and micronutrients in the quality food. But if she's bloated and then irregular uh, toilet breaks, if you will. So there'll be a couple of days between drinks sometimes for her. And um, so, yeah, uh, all those things. So malabsorption, obviously, you're not getting the, the macro, micro, you know, her protein intake in, which obviously can lead to um, poor detoxification just her body being in a more stressed or catabolic state i suppose so yeah it's imperative that the digestion is as good as it can be so what have you done to address this particular issue like the the foundation plans that we produce at clean health you know we, all the basics are there like she has a daily intake of fiber she eats lots of fibrous greens uh, throughout the day you know avoids gluten avoids dairy just to be on the safe side some clients don't have issues with those things but i like to take them in, out certainly when they uh, get closer to comp, just, just to dot the I's, cross the T's. Yep. Uh, so all the basics are in there, probiotic, a bit of fiber, a bit of digestive support, and good wholesome food, you know. Uh, always nutrition number one, supplementation, sure. Closely get to the show, they might try a few different things. But yeah, good wholesome nutrition. So on top of that, right. I then had to look a little deeper. And, um, and I guess for her, I, I established a bit more of a... A specific you know, gut protocol or you know to help her digestion and um, I can run through the, the different things I uh, tried there if you like Tom that would be very nice and perhaps for those listening they could grab a pen and paper and make note of this yeah 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 I mean look it, it's worked well for uh, Kathleen is it a you know gonna work for everyone maybe not you know it's it, with this game it's a it's a matter of getting the the facts and trying it with your client and um, seeing how they go and if not it's 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 individual you know you have to change okay. it so I guess I started off by um, increasing her fiber intake slightly so she has a variety of fibers she has three different types of fiber all gluten-free 
So basically different fibre source, you know, so different types of fibre, some fruit fibres, some, uh, you know, some psyllium husk, maybe some flax hulls, something like that, but okay. different types of fibres. Yep. I increased her fibre intake to a 10 gram serve with every meal. So she's having five or six meals spread throughout the day, small meals. It sounds like a lot, mm. I know, to the people that aren't uh, in comp prep. They might say six meals a day for a, for a chick yep. coming into a show. But they're, they're small serves of protein, uh, vegetables, fats, that type of thing. So a small serve of fiber. I got her to change her fat intake to a, a krill oil. So krill oil has vitamin A, which is really good for healing the intestinal lining. So I just changed over to some krill oil. You know, obviously EPA, DHA, so the omega-3 fatty acids in there as well. So uh, double whammy with that one. Uh, she started supplementing apple cider vinegar, which we're going to talk about. Uh, you mentioned the superfood, so super she food. certainly does yeah. that. Diluted with a bit of water uh, before each meal. So that also, uh, I won't go into all the benefits of the apple cider vinegar, but I started that for her with each meal. I got her to increase her intake of probiotic. So basically, what I sort of hypothesized, if you will, was... I want to try and repopulate her, her gut with good bacteria. So I feed it with uh, a probiotic, okay, three different uh, types of probiotics, so different strains will work in different parts of the digestive system. And then I needed to, so increase the probiotic intake, but then I need to feed the probiotics with a prebiotic, which is fiber. So that's why I increase the fiber. I see. And then uh, a little bit of glutamine with each meal as well. I know it sounds tedious, but her, the end result is, is is no bloating and she's going to the toilet regularly, you know, once or yeah. twice a day. So for her, six weeks out, it's an easy thing to do but a little bit of glutamine just a, a 5 to 10 gram served with each meal so about 50 grams for the day not much that's pretty tasteless just in some water so probiotic glutamine the krill oil the apple cider and the other thing I got her to do is a little bit of sauerkraut so the fermented cabbage yeah uh, good probiotics in there so another source of probiotics and the last thing that I'll mention there Tom was I got her to consume cold sweet potato so what I'm going for there is uh, uh, another superfood that might get mentioned in the coming episode. It's a, a type of fiber called resistant starch, which has been shown to, to really be beneficial to the, I guess, flora of your large intestine, which is responsible for your, a lot of your digestive issues. It's funny, Rawdon, did you see an episode during the week on the ABC, Catalyst, I think, was the program, and they were talking yeah. about fiber intake and the role yep. that that plays in populating healthy bacteria yes. particularly in the large intestine yeah it's actually fascinating the role that bacteria plays in the health of the human yeah yeah in terms of the bacteria population yeah. that are on us and inside us there's 10 times as many cells of actually living bacteria yeah. than we have of living cells in our body yeah we have 1.5 kilos of yeah. bacteria up to two kilos Tom. in us and on us yeah so in a sense, it's good bacteria develops a healthy human. It's exactly. not like it's our bacteria. We are, in fact, the bacteria's human. Yes. It's almost like a super organism, like yes. a, a termite nest or a beehive or something yeah. where it's we're just an individual within the whole. No, fascinating. I did see that one. Gut Reaction, a fascinating show. And, uh, you know, they talk about... Uh, you know, the prevalence of disease and, you know, 62% of Australians are obese or overweight, but they're sort of thinking now that it, it's not a, which is, you know, I'm well aware that it's not calories in, calories out. We know the insulin, cortisol, digestion, detoxification, sleep, all these things are going to play a role in fat loss and, and body composition, hypertrophy. But they're, they're sort of looking at now the actual bacteria in the gut is a, a, plays a massive role in, in, in all those things as well. Yeah. And it's the overconsumption of uh, the Western diet if you whittle it all down, the primary thing is a lack of fiber. Lack of fiber. Yeah. yeah. Like, so uh, the amount of dietary fiber that those in the uh, paleo days used to yeah. consume was just incredible. And a huge variety of different fibers as different well. Different fibers. Exactly. That's what I was trying to do with Kathleen. So different types of fiber. 
Um, the resistant starch, different brands of fiber. So she's getting a ton of different fibers, you know, the different probiotics. So fingers crossed, we can uh, maybe give the guys an update in a, in a few weeks and uh, let you know how uh, she's progressing. But so far, so good, Tom. You're listening to Under the Bar, the Clean Health Podcast. And we have the exercise of the week coming up now. Uh, we're having a finger waved at me furiously here. Well, uh, before you jump onto there, I just want yeah. to quickly touch on the uh, your week that was where you uh, yeah. you went tag team with Super Coach uh, and Level 5 Extraordinary Education Coordinator and Manager, uh, Stefan. Well, for some reason, this seems to have uh, created somewhat <laughs> of a, a stir around the gym, but Stefan well, and I have started training together. Described as cute, I think, uh, the girls at reception, oh, at the, yeah. the admin crew said it was very cute. Nelly and the girls were making love yeah. heart symbols. Yeah. And Big Schmitty was had his little snide remarks yeah. here and there. Big Schmitty and, and Nelly, I guess, for the guys that are listening, are part of the crew down at uh, the CHPC. So What I did amusing. find probably the most enjoyable reaction from my perspective was, of course, Dane, the founder Yep. That's clean health. He was very jealous. Very jealous. Oh, very jealous. Because he used to train with Stefan, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And Stefan rushed. Ditched him. But right. I, I might just say before you zip on there onto the uh, that lovely next segment uh, where we talk about the uh, RDL. Yeah. Uh, I might just say that it was a very, very serious session, Tom. Oh, there was a seriosity exclusion zone. Yeah, like I, I couldn't get very close because you weren't it, allowed it, to be. No, no. I wasn't serious enough. No, that's that's right. It is interesting. All jokes I actually tend to like to train by myself. I quite yeah. like the mental space, and it's my little pocket of the day where I get to be yeah. alone. But with someone who's as experienced yeah. and qualified as Stefan, you know, the opportunity to train with him is. Um, very enjoyable and he's also eight weeks out from his IFBB uh, national show so that's why it's a debut for the IFBB as well in men's physique yeah wants to intensify his training and he's getting his programs written by uh, Larry Vanette who's an IFBB pro himself prepped a whole heap of guys he's based in Canada so training with someone else and also having your program written by someone Mm. else takes you right out of your comfort zone and I'm sore all over my body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, look, all jokes aside, I mean, it would be invaluable training with Stefan. His knowledge and uh, his expertise, you know, cost you yeah. thousands if you wanted to pay That's for right. it. That's yeah. right, so, We'll get him on the show. We can, Definitely. We can talk about it. So the Romanian deadlift, Rawdon, if we're looking yeah. at exercises to strengthen or hypertrophy the posterior chain, yep. and we're just sort of dipping our toes in that world, then the yep. Romanian deadlift is probably the best bet to, you go to start to. with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, back extension on a 45 degree, uh, yeah. it's a little hard to describe, but basically you hook your legs into something and move up and down the torso, uh, hinging at the hip, back extension maybe, but I would always go with the Romanian deadlift. So maybe, uh, Tom, you could describe uh, what actually happens with a Romanian deadlift. In a Romanian deadlift. Yeah. So I guess you would start the exercise by standing in an upright position with yep. your shoulder width stance, so your feet about yep. shoulder width apart. Grip a dumbbell to start with. So you'll start with dumbbells, we'll, probably? We'll start with dumbbells. Yep. And you'll hold the dumbbell just near the knee on the side of your legs, just so they sort of slide up and down the sides of your legs. Stick your chest out, retract your shoulders back, yep. whilst maintaining a, a natural curvature of the spine. The lumbar spine. Then you'll initiate the movement by actually pushing the butt back. So yep. you stick your butt back and then tip the torso forward. When you do this, you probably find that your knees will naturally bend a little bit and yep. you'll start to feel your hamstrings engage and, and stretch. Oh, yeah. And then essentially what you're doing is just sliding the dumbbell yep. down your leg towards your knee, keeping the dumbbell close to the body, close feeling the, the body. stretch in your hamstrings, keeping a nice, flat, neutral spine through the lumbar region. Yeah. And then you basically just stand back up through the pattern that you came down in, give your glutes a little squeeze at the top, 
and that's your first repetition. Definitely. I guess um, the, the take-home points there was definitely keeping the weight close to the body, 100%. That's uh, where a lot of people go wrong. They have the weight too far in front. They lose the thoracic extension and they, they'll round out and, and sort of tip forward onto the toes. So another cue I like to do is uh, you can scrunch your toes up a little bit and yep. put your weight over your heels. That uh, works quite well. But definitely weight close. Initiate by breaking at the hip, pushing the, the, the butt back. And keeping that what we call thoracic extension to the, I mean, when you think about it, yeah, we're working the glutes, working the hamstrings, all three uh, heads of the hamstring. I won't bore you with all the the different uh, names there, but bicep femoris, tendinosa, membranosus, glutes, adductor magnus, all these are sort of uh, being recruited. But you also got your your core, so your multifidus, uh, TVA engaged, you have to keep tight through the midsection. If you think about it, upper thoracic, so your rhomboids, uh, mid to lower traps, keeping the scapula retracted, chest up, thoracic extension keeping a bit of uh, intra-abdominal pressure so you when you think about it there's a fair bit involved there's, a lot, there's I, a lot involved and I think the reason why I like to use it perhaps ahead of a, a back extension initially is that it's a very functional movement pattern it is you know bending over to pick up the shopping bags or yep. every time you, you bend down to pick something up or move a chair or whatever you yeah. if you can strengthen that posterior chain and actually use your hamstrings for their, their primary purpose as hip extensors yeah and training through that movement pattern i think is very beneficial for your everyday client yeah i mean look if, if um barbell deadlift my all-time favorite exercise obviously that's a, a progression so a conventional uh, barbell pull from the floor is my my go-to for if you in the business of hypertrophy time you can't go wrong but the place you would start the dumbbell rdl or romanian deadlift awesome exercise now we touched on this at the top of the show it's apple cider vinegar Mm. and it's going to be our superfood for the week on under the bar the clean health podcast yes i should mention i've neglected to thus far that you can contact us at under the bar it's podcast at cleanhealth.com.au. Feel free to send in any uh, comments, queries, or questions. questions. Yeah. Happy to answer those um, on the program, program as we push through it. Apple cider vinegar, Rodin, it, it can be a little bit harsh to the taste initially, but I've actually grown to quite enjoy the, the yeah. flavor. But despite what you think about the, the taste of it, the health benefits far outweigh the process of getting it down the hatch <laughs> down the hatch exactly yeah. i guess um yeah down the hatch you would want to point out that it can be quite uh, acidic on the uh, on the chops yeah, so, so you might want to uh, dilute it in a little bit of water or you know you can sort of uh, drown your uh, meat and uh, salad in a bit of uh, like schmitty does down at the chpc loves a bit of apple cider vinegar but yeah, yeah most of the guys down there are getting into it and, it and it really is a superfood tom so essentially it's fermented apples and yeast which is a process which produces an alcohol and then there's basically a second stage of fermentation where they then add bacteria to that alcohol solution and it turns into uh, acetic acid and that's the key component of the vinegar or acetate or acetate and uh, essentially it's french for sour wine it's uh, not alcoholic obviously by the time you get it into a bottle but what you're after is actually an organic unfiltered apple cider vinegar and you'll notice when you do get that product that there's some little strands of brown stuff floating in the bottom of it. Ooh, yummy. You actually want that. That's called mother. That's mm. what those strands are referred to. And essentially, they are strands of proteins, enzymes, and good bacteria. Is that word again. Yeah. Uh, very probiotic. And that plays part of the role that apple cider vinegar has in promoting good gut flora and, uh, and yeah. good bacteria and aiding digestion as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, acetic acid or acetate, like you mentioned, it uh, once in the... Uh 
the large intestine there, it actually uh, binds to immune cells and it um, helps ramp down um, inflammation. So it is a, a natural uh, anti-inflammatory, Tom. And uh, inflammation is, uh, I mean, we spoke about the resistant starch earlier and the feeding the good bacteria in the gut and all that sort of stuff. The end result, why it's so beneficial, it is that it ramps down inflammation and yeah. uh, uh, calms the immune system, dampens the immune system or the immune response. It's great if you do have um, dysbiosis, so uh, some, some people have issues with excessive yeast or, or candida. Fantastic for um, helping nipping that in the, the bud, or the butt, if you will. That's our superfood. should also mention that if you get a little pimple, you could uh, just get a little spot of it on a, on a bud and apply it, apply it topically. <laughs> you could. You could. And then uh, you could get some coconut oil and then moisturize thereafter. Moisturize. Or, you know, you could just clean the house with a bit of apple cider. What can't it do? Superfood. Program of the week. Program. And what we're going to have a look at is a, a training method called the heavy light method. Oh, yeah. I guess the beauty of this particular program, Rawdon, is A, its simplicity, and B, its versatility. So... When I say simplicity, don't be misled by that. It's simple no. in its theory, but it's a tough workout, you know, but it's yeah. not a complex workout, but it's very challenging yeah. when performed properly. Definitely. And there's just a, a wide variety of ways that you can apply this particular training stimulus. Yeah, look, uh, the, the heavy light and the, the variations of the heavy light are, you know, are many. And, um, I mean, essentially it's a superset. So same muscle group. Yep. Um, but a heavy light variation needn't be the same muscle group. If you're going for more of a fat loss feel, you could do sort of upper and lower with a heavy light for that sort of variation. But the traditional heavy light, I guess, is a, is a 4 to 6 and a, and a 12 to 15. So we're overloading the same muscle group yeah. with two consecutive movements, different exercises. The first exercise being performed at low repetitions, anywhere between, say, 2 to 6. Yep. Recruiting those fast twitch muscle fibers, tapping into some higher threshold motor units. Yeah. Drop that weight 10 or 15 seconds later, get straight over to an exercise which works the same body part, yeah. but you're ripping out 12 to 15 reps and really reaping all the, the metabolic benefits of the buildup of lactic acid yeah. and cell swelling and yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And the, the, I guess the type 1 recruitment, Tom. So, you know, if your hypertrophy is the, the name of the game, then, then a heavy light style program or a variation of the heavy light, um, you really can't go wrong because, you, like you said, you are recruiting the, the, the fast twitch. Uh, when you're fresh, you know, when you're neurally efficient, and then as you get uh, fatigued, you uh, check your brain at the door. You don't need to concentrate; just get in there, rep it out, 12 to 15, uh, and really uh, get that uh, lactic acid burn. That's what you're going for with the 12 to 15 time. Is that that really uncomfortable cell swelling? Like you said, it should be, you know, the muscle should be aching and, uh, when you drop the weight, and you know, even uh, at the end of the set, maybe you stand up and do a, a, a Leon and, and throw the dumbbells down and bounce them accordingly. Yeah, right? yeah, like that, but. Yeah, uh, a fantastic program. I guess all the programs we talk about here, they sound quite simple, you know, two exercises in a row, uh, punch out your four to six and then hit your 12 to 15 simple or GBC uh, last week. But really, when we start throwing in rest periods and we start throwing in tempos and we start throwing in, you know, some, some great movement patterns and some big movements, you know, these are this is a pretty brutal workout. Yes, simple, like you said, but... Um, for example, a front squat, four to six with a, a front squat, then into a you know a pendulum squat for a 12 to 15. Uh, guaranteed, you're going to be horrific, begging for mercy at the bottom yeah. of that uh, pendulum time. We mentioned the Romanian deadlift in our exercise of the week. So to give an example of how you might utilise that within the uh, the heavy light system, you might start with a barbell deadlift or a trap bar deadlift. 
for four to six, so a genuine, really heavy four to six reps on a deadlift. Get your breath slightly, walk over, grab some dumbbells, get some straps, hold on to the dumbbells and rip out 12 to 15 Romanian deadlifts. Yeah. Your hamstrings will be on fire, and you've got 90 seconds rest, you've got to go back again and tackle those deadlifts. Yeah, yeah. So, so repeat the... that five times, it's very <laughs> challenging. <laughs> on the floor, Tom, after that little superset. But yeah, I guess the rest period as well would, would uh, influence what uh, training effect you go for there too. So with a 90 second rest period in traditional, you're still getting some uh, fat loss there, obviously, because the metabolic stress will be kept high, the lactic acid will be high. But, you know, uh, if you increase the, you know, if, if the individual was in this uh, condition and they were, uh, you know, fat loss wasn't a priority for them, it was more about, you know, moving bigger numbers, then, you know, you might stretch it out to a couple of minutes or, or two and a half minutes. So yeah. the, the options are limit, endless, you know. So, yeah, don't be afraid to manipulate the variables there. And obviously, uh, tempo of the different exercises as well, you can manipulate those variables too. But, yeah, the heavy light, pretty tough, Tom. You can jump onto our website cleanhealth.com.au forward slash podcast enter your uh, your name and email address there and actually get a copy of a heavy light program it's written for nice. a sort of intermediate level trainer good um, get on there download it check it out and uh, apply that for a few weeks and let us know how you go beautiful Under the Bar, the Clean Health Podcast, coming to you from the uh, Eagle Waves Radio Studios at Vivo Cafe. Very pleasant to be here, sipping on a little short black as we deliver this program. Yeah, no milk, no milk and no dairy. Oh, no. No sugar either, goddammit. The program's brought to you by Easy Eating. Now, Rodney, you've been using Easy Eating for quite some time, and just the the mental freedom of not having to get home after a long day, start the process of cooking, empty the containers, clean the containers, cook the food, pack the containers, stack the fridge, in you go the next day, eat the food, get home, clean the containers. Very, very tedious. Very tedious. The cortisol elevation from that process alone is worth the investment in uh, easy eating because it's all done for you. It is done for you, Tom. And even just describing that horrific workload, my adrenals started uh, vibrating. Buzzing away. away, You know, very uh, cortisol inducing. But yeah, the guys, uh, Michael, it's a, it's a family-run business. He really prides himself on uh, quality food. You got your gluten-free food there. You've got a, a variety of protein, so a lot of a lot of dead animal that you can pick from, which is fantastic. So lots of different protein sources, and um, you know, and you want to ver- uh, vary all your protein sources too, Tom. I might yeah. add. So utilize all the different proteins they have, but you can have steamed vegetables, you can have salads. You know, there really is a, a big selection of food there, and yeah, delivered fresh twice a week. You really can't go wrong. I think that's what sets it apart from a lot of, of these meal services is the the food actually does come fresh. Yeah, fresh, fresh. Very good. So, for your chance to win a seven-day clean health starter pack, which is valued Whoa. at one hundred and fifty-nine dollars, very nice. Take the hassle out of a week's worth of cooking and, and get some good food. What we're going to ask you to do is pick the weight we're using on this barbell, which has been dropped from a considerable height. We're going to play the noise for you now. Ooh, Have yeah. a little listen. Ooh, that's, that's a tricky one. I don't know if that's an Alico bar there, Tom. Uh, I'm not Maybe. sure. I mean, it's. I think that could be a little bit heavier than it sounds. We might mm. play it one more time. Let's have a listen. Gee, that's a tricky one. Throw a few people off the scent yeah. there. So I guess it's the first uh, email in to the, the, the actual weight that's on the bar. Total weight. Total so remember, weight. Uh, we, we, yeah, it's a total weight. So you have to guess how much the bar 20 is. 20 kilos guess. of bar. How Ooh, much of weight? You gave it away, Tom. 20 the, kilos of bar. <laughs> the first person to email the correct answer through to podcast at cleanhealth.com.au 
will win the seven-day clean health starter pack valued at $159 from Easy Eating. I hope you're enjoying the program thus far. You're listening to Under the Bar, the Clean Health Podcast. And as mentioned at the top of the show, our very, very special guest... Very special, Tom. ...on this episode is Charles Poliquin. And it's funny, Rawdon, when the concept of this podcast was first banding around the powers yep. that be at Clean Health, I remember yeah. uh, one of the first things coming out of Dane's mouth was, oh, we'll get Charles Poliquin on the show. <laughs> and I thought, well, yeah, that, I mean, that would be fantastic yeah. uh, for our, our little podcast, you know, get yeah. the, one of the most renowned and, uh, and successful strength <laughs> coaches, most decorated strength coaches in the world, got yeah. Olympic medals across all these different sports, professional athletes here and there. Yep. Sure, we'll get a few months of programs out of the yeah, way, yeah. get a couple of dozen... In a couple of months' time, we'll uh, hit him up. ...under the belt, figure out what we're doing, and then we'll get him in, but... As uh, is always the case with uh, the clean health machine, once they get their hands on something, things yeah, happen. Especially Dane. Happens pretty quickly. And uh, our first show went live two days ago. And <laughs> now you and I are sitting in the studio. Yep. Coach Poliquin's on the line from uh, somewhere in Denmark, I believe. Yeah, Co- Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Yeah. My cortisol levels are going through the roof. The adrenal glands just buzzing oh, yes. away. So Stage hope, seven. I hope this all works. But Charles, thank you very much for your time, mate. And uh, welcome to the program. More than welcome. So to get a start, Charles, I mean, you spend your whole life talking to other people about their training and, yeah. and how they can improve what they're doing in the gym and all different strategies that people can apply to their training. But a little bird tells me that you followed some advice from my co-host <laughs> here and you've actually started training yourself with the mountain dog, John Meadows. That's right. So Ron and, and I were talking about training as usual and then he talked to me about Meadows and I wasn't very familiar with him because... I don't have time to go on the internet and read it, you know. And he was really um, praised him a lot. So then I said, okay, I'll check him out. And then I got to talk to John about doing seminars together. And then about three weeks ago, he said, I'll send you one of my programs. I'll write it up for you, blah, blah, blah. So I started to do that. And I mean, I actually wrote an article that's going to be published tomorrow on my website. But what I've learned so far, it's only been two and a half weeks, but it's the first time. I mean, there's quite a few things that were different. One is that I'm training seven days a week, so I haven't had a break in ooh, ooh. Seven, 17 days. <laughs> I do more reps in one workout than I've done in a month. <laughs> I would have said in a decade, so, mate. So the average rep for me all my life was about 3.2, so if you do the average. And now I'm doing things that I've never done. But the thing that I've made as a resolution is that I'm not changing it. So I do it, and then I give John feedback. Uh, you know, can we tweak it? Can we make it better? Yeah. But as far as like programming given to me, there's only one exercise that I couldn't do because the carpenters were sold out on my sh- left shoulder and the cops came to the house. So I just <laughs> I said, no, we got to do something. So I substitute that, but the rest I do as it is. But I'm learning, like for example, intro workout carbs, which I was always against. Well, if you do that many reps, you're going to need intro yeah. workout carbs. So to be fair, I think it's going to take about 12 weeks before I can give it a, like a completely eval because you have to adapt it. It's amazing though. Just after one week, I could tolerate the reps and the fatigue between sets was not as bad, you know? So. And then there's things like citrulline malate can make a difference, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> one thing that you can't do with it, I used a form of beet nitrates to 
increase NO2, then at random, if you do the beet nitrates before you train, you're way more sore the next day. So I think that beet nitrates can actually foster hypertrophy. Yep. So there's yep. things like that you know, that I'm discovering. That beetroot, is that what you're referring to? The beet elite, the, the Neo shot? Yes, is that what you're using? Yeah, that's what I've, uh, I actually gave it to Tommy um, there last week and I said, dude, this is going to give you a big pump, you know? Um, yeah. And it's the one supplement, like I took it and then uh, all of a sudden I, I would squat and my legs would be pumped for literally hours. I think it's got a six hour. Um, I woke the, up yeah. the next morning and I was still vasodilating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Stuff. Natural, you know? Yeah. So, but the thing is, is that I think mechanically it stretches the membrane so much more. Yeah. And there's some evidence scientifically that actually stretching a membrane what the bodybuilders call racing the pump yeah. actually makes a difference on hypertrophy right yeah so i think that it, there's value to that so yesterday i took the beet root before doing back and this morning i feel like i got beat up by a bunch of ninjas with bamboo sticks <laughs> <laughs> i can definitely get out of bed so maybe there is you know, and the next thing I want to play with is citrine malate. But if you change too many factors at once, yeah, you, can't you don't know what it is. But the thing is, is that I forgot also to take put carbs into the drink yesterday. I don't really need the carbs to have energy. But one thing I did find is the days where I don't use carbs, my soreness levels go up. So John's premise is that if you use carbs while you train, you repair the tissue pretty much as you're training. Yeah. Okay. I'm starting to believe him on that one. Yeah. Charles, you mentioned cell swelling as a form of hypertrophy. Could you just explain that in layman's terms for our listeners? Okay, so basically, if you look at the research on NO2, and you gotta look at, is this study biased or not? In other words, is it paid by a company or is it, they're just looking at the ingredients, okay. right? So in the non-biased studies, there is greater growth hypertrophy and strength gains from the NO2 groups. The theory advanced by the sports scientists is that the pump, you know, the stretching the cell from the NO2, the nitric oxide, tends to overstretch the membrane and the body adapts by fostering more hypertrophy. So in other words, if you stretch the envelope, the envelope gets thicker. I mean, that's the best way I could explain to you. Charles, I guess it's quite inspiring from our perspective that someone of your age, we won't have to give the number away, but it's oh, out there. He's about 60 plus now, mate. Um, really chasing muscle mass and hypertrophy. And we actually got, after our first show, we got an email in from a guy who trains at Clean Health, uh, Big Arnie, yeah. and he's, he's 50 plus. And he he, loves... He's actually in good shape, though. He, he does look good. Yeah. In fact, I was training my sister this morning, and she went, is that a young guy who looks old or an old guy who's in good shape? And I said, <laughs> he's an older guy who's in good shape. Yeah. And um, he wrote an email in saying, um, great job with the podcast. Looking forward to hearing from your other guests, especially Charles. Ask him a question about programs and conditioning strategies for older guys especially exercise selection, training, and recovery strategies. So what would be some bullet points or some takeaway points for people who are, you know, 40, 45 plus trying to still get gains in the gym? Well, I think that the the limiting factor is joint health, right? And then if you listen to Robert Rakowski, I'll tell you the first thing that is a sign of aging is actually joint health and loss of flexibility. So taking care of your joints is probably the most important thing. Yeah. I have to say that I can't go heavy like I used to. Yeah. And I think there's also a new, newer transmitter basis to that. 
where you know, a young brain makes more dopamine and acetylcholine and whatever. So I think that's a, a limiting factor. So whatever can maintain neuron health makes a huge difference. I think the best way to take care of your brain would be omega-3s and a multi-carnitine. Yep. In yep. other words, many fragments or fractions of carnitine, like the propionate, the glycine form, the arginate form, the acetylcarnitine. So a broad-based carnitine supplement, and I think that you can't go cheap. I mean, it's a matter of priorities, but I would say if you take six to 10 grams of carnitine a day, your brain will function as best it can for your age, okay? And there's an American company that has approached me to develop a, such a product. And I, I think if you keep your omega-3s in check, that would be your base. So make sure your brain doesn't age. That's number one. Okay. Number two, with the joints, that would affect the loading parameters. So in other words, when you're a kid, you could do, let's say, cluster training, you know, five singles times five sets or 25 singles at 90%. When you're 40 plus, I don't think that's the smartest thing to do. And of course, there's a point where holding on to muscle mass is more challenging. So for example, there's exception to rules. Albert Beckles won pro shows in yes. the 60s, right? So so as far as hypertrophy, if you go on a relative scale, it's easier to maintain hypertrophy than it is to maintain maximal strength. Yeah. In other words, you could be 85% of a pro bodybuilder in muscle mass, but to be 85% of strength of a world record holder in weightlifting, that's a bit harder to do. If you look mathematically, even at the world championships in weightlifting, some guys there were former world champions or Olympic champions, but they don't lift 80% of what they used to do when they were in their 20s, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it has to do with aging of the central nervous system. And of course, dedication to training volume. I mean... Usually when you're in your 40s, you got other stuff to do than go to the gym, especially if you have children and stuff like that. But recovery strategies, because you can do eye wraps, then maybe intra-workout nutrition is more of your friend. And then I think that managing inflammation, like with curcumin, makes a big difference. So if you could cut down your levels of inflammation with fish oil and curcumin, you're doing well. And of course... When you're young and stupid, you can get off with more, like as far as dietary choices. Yeah. But, you know, like pizza and chocolate milk are out of the question when you're in your 50s yeah. if you don't yeah. want any joint inflammation. The thing as a kid is you don't feel it, but you're still doing damage. That's yeah. why I think that if it fits your macros, is bullshit yeah. because you may be able to get away with it from the outside but you're not getting away with it in the inside so I don't think that using pro-inflammatory foods to reload carbohydrate stores is smart at all I think it's actually a moronic approach to muscle building and body composition training it's like the short-term results don't reflect what the long-term manifestation of joint health cardiovascular health vascular you know, health brain health which would entail you know it's, it's funny, Charles, earlier in the show, we were actually talking about gut bacteria and the balance of good and bad bacteria can actually be thrown off with one bad meal and then the resulting effect of inflammation throughout your system. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of what you're talking about, starting from digestion and moving out in terms of keeping inflammation low in the body. Yeah, I mean, for example, if you, you know, some people say, okay, after workout, 
it doesn't matter as long as it's protein or carbs. So they'll say, go ahead, have chocolate milk and donuts. Well, every donut's got three to four grams of trans fats, which we know affects cellular membrane health, which brings out inflammation. You know, if you look at some studies, it, all the studies that promote chocolate milk are paid by the dairy board. <laughs> so of course they want you to have you know, chocolate milk post-workout and they say it's as good as a carb protein shake made of maltodextrin and whey protein. Well, maybe if you just look at glycogen levels, fine. And none of these studies look at HSCRP, you know, highly sensitive cross-reactive proteins. They don't look at inflammation in the body and so on. So you're absolutely right, Tom, that a bad meal can upset your gut bacteria. And your gut bacteria not only influences inflammation, but also influences neurotransmitters. So your ability to recover, even like your serotonin levels, so you can fall asleep properly, are affected by a bad meal. So uh, I completely agree. The, the other thing is that you have bad gut bacteria, you don't absorb all the B vitamins from your GI tracts. So if you don't absorb your B vitamin properly, it affects how you metabolize your macronutrients. So it's like a, those moronic, oh, if it fits your macros, yeah. cheap meals completely destroy your anabolic cascade. Why? So you know, to rationalize is a rational lie. In other <laughs> words, you basically bullshit yourself into believing that, okay, it's okay for me to to drink Coca-Cola and eat pizza after workouts because it fits my macros. The reason why it's so popular is that it appeals to the mentally weak. There's far more mentally weak people than mentally strong people. So it's basically guruship to the morons, you know. It's sort of like, um, you know, the the bodybuilders, the pro bodybuilders of, of, you know, the 90s and whatnot. Now they generally stay in pretty good shape off-season, like John Motos, for example. You, know, you don't see him getting out shape in the in the off season, but you know the off season is pretty much an excuse to to eat junk food for six months and then they go back on uh, getting in shape. So yeah, uh, it's interesting to talk about the the joint health and and you mentioned forty and you know <laughs> listeners may not know I'm forty this year and um, and just of late I I have uh, been through a decent training phase and I went back to pushing some uh, you know did some heavy squatting and deadlifting I guess over the last sort of four months and um now i haven't trained for the last two and a half weeks because i think it's an si joint issue but uh, you know this inflammation that just won't go away but i think it was those big numbers and playing a significant role in in uh where i should have been sort of leaning more towards volume essentially what you're doing uh at the moment i guess with with meadows so lesson learned i guess yes i mean the thing is is that that will be the first time in my life that I do volume training for so long, right? Yeah. So, and that extensive of volume, like to train seven days a week. But the thing is that so far there's been zero change in the scale, yeah. but I'm surprised I don't feel like shit. The thing is that you have to evaluate something with all factors all together. You can't look at the world through a straw. So, yeah, I train seven days a week, no break, but... I think because the nervous system doesn't get that challenged. But yeah. one thing is, I've always had a problem with was appetite. Well, I can tell you I don't have that problem anymore. Yeah. I woke up this morning, I could barely get out of bed, I was so hungry. So the, the, the biggest thing of doing that system for my age group, plus 50, is that it allows you to enjoy training 
and uh, not wreck your joints. You know, I think that actually my joints are healing doing that. But the first day I did legs with this system. First of all, in the hamstring, I thought I had a sunburn after <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> oh yeah, John. John likes to do the, uh, the the leg curls before the squats, doesn't he? Correct, but but in high reps, like I mean, yeah. even those high rep warm ups, which I've never done in my life, so to do 15 rep warm ups and three warm up sets of that, I mean, Christ, my hamstrings were burning like hell. But I would I slept two hours after a workout. I was out. <laughs> and first, I think I vomited my spleen at. Minute 18, I didn't feel so good. I <laughs> that three reps, and then uh, it, it's but it's amazing in just two weeks. Like yesterday, I did uh, 30 sets of back of an average of 20 reps in oh, that's big. less than less than an hour, and it didn't really bother me that much. So, Charles, what are you doing if you're training seven days a week with that kind of volume? What are you doing outside of the gym in terms of recovery? Napping. You can't do it without napping. My right. nap uh, requirement has gone up. Yeah. Some days, like if I don't work, I've actually had two naps because I find, you know, from a coaching standpoint, that's overreaching by volume. When, when your need for sleeping increases. But I find that the intra-workout nutrition takes care of a lot of the recovery. But I still take 200 grams of carbs post-workout. Uh, since I'm allergic to whey, cow's whey, I have to rely more on amino acids and, um, I mean, essential amino acids and branch chains for my post-workout protein. So I, I'm going through a, a crap load of aminos, that's for sure. <laughs> and, but there's no way I would be able to train if I didn't take that many, that many amino acids. So budget-wise, it's not something a kid, 14 years old, using his mom's credit card could do, right? It's a lot of people would say, "No, there's no way I'm going to spend that much money." Yeah. So, in uh, in summary, Charles, for a 40 plus trainer or athlete looking to maintain muscle mass, we go brain health, joint health, inflammation, deal with inflammation, train with volume, get plenty of sleep, and workout nutrition, intra and post nutrition. Yeah, that would be probably the key. The As a youngster, because you have more neural drive, I would not use carbs during training. And I would I, I would use that opportunity to be able to train with low reps, right? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I think after a while, you got to say, okay, well. But the thing is, is that it's interesting. It's my strength. Endurance is going up, right? So my ability not to fatigue when I train is mm -hmm. going up. So... After I've done this for 12 weeks, I'm actually going to go back to what I'm used to to see what it does what to, 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 to loading. You know, uh, I'll probably find my workouts boring because I have too much time. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Curious to see the um, the stats as well after uh, uh, after 12 weeks. So yeah, you know, yeah. How much you the thing is that about mm, a week into the program, I lost two kilos overnight, right? And I, I knew from experience that. It's not enough carbs. For me, it's more protein. So I went to 3.3 grams a kilo of protein. And within two days, I'd gained back the weight. But you know, the change on the scale yet has not manifested. But I was discussing this with Paul Carter and John and some other guys. Muscle growth, I find, tends to occur 
in spurts. In other words, you do a program or a system for weeks, and then suddenly you could gain like four kilos practically overnight. Yeah. But there's like latent gains. Nothing happens for for weeks on end, right? Yeah, I've seen that with a lot of clients, actually. <laughs> they were scratching their head, busting their balls in the gym, and then um, nothing, nothing, and then bang, you know, like you said. Compensation effect. Yeah, that super compensation, and um, maybe coincide with a, with a few days rest, and next thing you know, they're, they're two or three kilos heavier. Yeah, the thing is, is that the, the fins call that ten- tension threshold. In other words, you're not strong enough to hypertrophy, right? So I find what training on the system now my strength is starting to come back and I think once I get to X amount of strength then I'll hypertrophy because the body one of the mechanisms they think hypertrophy occurs from is that the body says why should I recruit more motor units if I can make the motor unit bigger right I mean the, 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 the muscle fiber bigger I won't have to recruit as many motor units so I think that's why I've not seen any change in the scale but Again, I'm doing it the way Meadows yeah. outlined it. So, uh, I, and I'm not being big. It's not going to make that much of a difference in my life in the sense that I don't have a, an anxiety attack that I haven't gained any weight. Like I said, I think that people worry too much. So I'm not worrying about that. I just do what I'm told. We still got that um, IFBB Pro status made up on the the master stage at the Olympia one day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've got better things to do than hold myself up in front of better men. But uh, yeah, the thing is, is that I also see it as a learning experience. I'm learning about yeah, yeah. what I can tolerate, not tolerate, uh, intro workout, nutrition, blah blah blah. So you know, uh, if you go to strengthsensei.com, either today or tomorrow, there's an outline, and I sent it to John, uh, and he was very impressed. Of, you know, much detail and I, I record every set every rep so I can judge you know and I record body weight and blah 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 but it's uh, like like today my upper back is killing me <laughs> so, so note to self like don't forget the carbs yeah Charles you said you've got better things to do than get up on stage and I guess you've got a pretty heavy schedule with seminars and things going on and um, you'll be coming out to Australia soon with uh, Dimitri Klokov to do a, a series of seminars. The world tour. Yes. I mean, I'm quite excited about it because Klokov, you know, is quite the freak as far as strength performance, but I'll be teaching on, with uh, Dimitri on um, training for sport, strength sports. The, I think there's only the room left in Perth, and I'll also be teaching the bioprint before and after any of the Klokov classes. Yep. And that's going well as well. The thing with Klokov is that he comes from the Russian system, obviously, being Russian, but that's a system in, in itself as far as uh, strength preparation. If you look at the Bulgarian system, it's very specific and you know they use about four or five lifts for the rest of their lives and that's it. And then people will say, well, it's a better system, but if you look at it, the longevity of Russian weightlifters is much greater than Bulgarian weightlifters because they emphasize more general preparation. And they tend to be better in a lot of exercises because they do a lot of exercises. So I would say for athletes that need a lot of different muscle groups to perform well, like wrestlers, then the Russian system is better. I mean, the Russian 
principles of physical preparation are better. If you're training for shot put, well, maybe a more Bulgarian approach is better. But, I mean, my own strength coaching approach was big, borrow, and steal from anybody who had a better way to do things. I mean, I've got Hungarian influence and Romanian influence. But I've always been a big believer in keeping the Russian system. The, the way they explain it is that the wider your general preparation base is, the higher your competitive peak could be, right? Yeah. So, so Klokov, just to see what he does, I mean, if you look at him, and I mean, there's millions of videos on YouTube of how he's produced results. You see him, you know, front, front squat a house with an eight-second pause at the bottom and <laughs> come up explosively. So, yeah. I mean, or jump around a field with, you know, 60 kilos on his back. Yeah. And he's outperforming kangaroos. Yeah. I've seen him uh, juggling the uh, the 25 kilo plates as well. That's pretty good. Seen him. So obviously his grip strength is uh, ridiculous as well. Yeah, I mean, so all that stuff is good. So just the sheer entertainment value of seeing Klokov lift should inspire you to train for another 40 years. So that's worth in itself, you know. And in terms of what you'll be delivering in these seminars, Charles, what can attendees expect to walk away with? You know, knowledge is power. So. I've got thirty now thirty-seven years of experience in, in the field. I can give, I could summarize you what the most important thing I think in learning is to know what doesn't work, so so you don't waste time. So a guy like myself who has a lot of experience will say, "Okay, this is what I found is the best way," and these are things. So to learn from someone's mistakes alone is worth the entry entry price. And if you look at the amount you need to invest to learn that much it's it's a lot less time than it takes you for to learn on your own right yeah so you could get it for three grand if you're let's say only making 50 grand a year and it takes you 20 years to find out what i tell you in one weekend well you save yourself you know a yeah. million dollars of working you really if you look at it that way so that's why even myself when i don't know something I just find out who's the best expert in the world ask him what's his brain picking fee and go for him because yeah. I don't have time to read all the papers he's done and all the research he's done and he can give me that within a day yeah. right so it's a matter of economy of an investment yeah. well that sounds really good Charles so there's only really spots left in Perth for those who want to register and they can go to cleanhealth.com.au to check out registration details and all that kind of stuff but it, it does sound exciting mate it'll be good to get you out here yeah the bioprint yeah, too, so. and the bioprint we still have some spots because that we can take you know larger uh, numbers yep. but a lot of people who took it last year are we taking it this year again a lot of alumni because you you can't you know, learn it all in yeah. one uh, a shot. And then um, we've improved the protocols. Yep. And actually, I've, I've applied it to guys. For example, uh, one of the clients I have now is the uh, former Olympic gold medalist in Greco Roman wrestling. And I could show you what a 50 plus guy, like how very simple changes can bring about dramatic changes. I think people try to overcomplicate things. And uh, another thing that's in- interesting is that. The two men who teach the one thing, which I think is the best business book you'll ever buy, have asked me to teach their executives how we can apply the one thing to strengthen conditioning and nutrition. And so I'm going to be speaking to some online to 110,000 people uh, <laughs> December, so which is a big seminar for me. But then again, those guys are the most successful real estate 
uh, salespeople in the world, and then I'm doing education for them. That's the the one thing written by Gary Keller. That's right, and yeah. Jay Papasad. Oh, I've read that. It's good. It's very good. <laughs> oh, you guys yeah. just dropping names now. I haven't read that one. No, it's a great book. It's a, it's a. I would say if, if you are interested in just improving your life, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. If you're a firefighter, a cop, or a nurse, or a yeah. personal trainer, it's the book to read. Well, Charles, thank you very much for your time today, mate. I know it's early over there. Uh, Rod and I will probably owe you a, a plate of oysters and a, a ribeye next time you're in town. We might even uh, get you into the studio for uh, a guest host one day, mate. Yes, definitely. Okay, mate, get, definitely get to you the studio. Bye-bye. Right, right, Charles. Thanks, Charles. Take your time, mate. See you, bye. Okay, ciao. Is there a gym bag or a gym floor or a little gym box anywhere in Australia that doesn't have some form of whey protein stuffed in there somewhere in a shaker? I don't think there is, Tom. Little bits of spilt protein in the bottom of the gym bag. That's it. Powder everywhere. Yep. It's probably the most common of all gym supplements. Staple supplement. A staple. There are different varieties of A, protein powders and then B, of whey protein. So. Apart from whey protein, you've obviously got the more common ones like rice protein or pea protein. Hemp. Hemp, casein. Yep. uh, All these different forms. But we're going to sort of look more specifically at whey protein today. And of the whey, I guess there's three main forms that it comes in. Whey concentrate, whey isolate, and whey hydrolyze isolate. And I guess each one of those refers to a different level of process or purity yeah. Um, the process that that raw whey actually goes through to, to form that particular Usually type. Uh, an evolution of price with those two. <laughs> Most you know, the uh, yeah. isolates start getting pretty pricey. But, yeah. you know, it's a, it is a quality protein for sure. So a whey concentrate has a, probably a lowest percentage of protein. Yeah. It has a little bit of fat and a little bit of lactose in it. Mm. So for those who are lactose intolerant or have issues with dairy, a whey concentrate is probably not the best bet. A whey isolate has been through a, another layer of processing to remove all of the fat and the lactose. Usually has a higher percentage of protein within that particular powder as well. And then the hydrolyze is essentially processed to a level where it's actually pre-digested. Yeah. It's, uh, it's actually commonly used in medical foods or in infant formulas and stuff like that just because of the improved digestibility and also uh, a reduced allergen potential yeah, with less, that powder as well. Less digestion required with the, uh, the hydrolyzed isolate. I certainly always use the, like, you know, post-workout, the name of the game. I just want uh, to get, you know, protein into the, uh, initiate that muscle protein synthesis ASAP. So for me, the hydrolyzed is going to be my go-to post-workout. But I also use a, a casein at, at, at nighttime time. So at the moment, I'm, I'm running a, uh, a casein close to bedtime. So that's a slower released protein. Uh, we're not talking about casein today, but I thought I'd mention that. We are talking about the, the whey protein. But casein and whey are, I guess, the, the two you know, proteins in, in milk. So that's where it actually comes from, Tom. So it's in the process of, uh, you know, they sort of um, skim the, the top layer of the, yeah. the milk off and... and uh, you know, the curdled cottage cheese has the casein, um, but yeah, it's, it's in the process of uh, making milk. That's where they get the... Like, it's almost like a waste product of, of, yeah. of making milk. Yeah. Um, so for me personally, and also uh, for my clients, I like to... They have a, a whey protein shake post-workout, and, and that's pretty much it. I'd prefer them, and myself, I like to just eat normal foods outside of that. So if I'm not training 
no need for a shake really for, for me. Particularly um, with people who are using a lot of these shakes as meal replacements or substitutes, using a, an isolate or a hydrolyzed protein, it's so rapidly absorbed that you actually get quite a large insulin response. Can from, do, yeah, for sure. From yep. taking a shake as well. So look at a different form of protein if you're going to use one for a meal replacement or perhaps have some fat yeah. with the shake as well to just to slow the absorption and blunt that insulin response from the shake. Yeah, I mean, uh, even some fish oil or some krill oil yeah. if you have a few gut issues, you know. Um, if you had gut issues, you'd be avoiding the... Uh, the whey protein anyway that would be the first thing you'd take out because yeah. you, you might want to point out Tom that um, and you do this yourself um, I know for you, for a fact you, you actually go on to the rice proteins uh, periodically and uh, yeah. or, uh, and alternate so you, you know like anything you know, we, we over consume any sort of food there is a much greater chance you can develop uh, some sort of issue with it in the same way that I like to vary the proteins that I eat and all yep. the foods that I eat I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll have a variety a whey protein a rice protein a pea protein on circulation yeah well that's you go actually day to day you change it don't you yeah let's just, just like yeah. to keep it fresh although I must say fresh. I've been having a little bit more whey protein of recent because at Clean Health um, Clean Health are actually working on producing our own supplement, supplement line yeah brand yep. the Clean Health brand so there have been a few samples in fact the CHPC has resembled some sort of uh, Hunter Valley Vineyard yes. this week with all the sipping away the taste testing that's been taste going testing. on yeah yeah well we've got well look Tom we, we wanted to pass the scrutiny of all our, our coaches and, and more so the clients I mean coaches generally yeah, will drink anything yeah it tastes good but uh, really the clients are going to give us the honest feedback so yeah when we've got the uh, the flavours finalised we're going to have a well as we'll quickly mention uh, we're going to have a whey isolate on offer a chalk vanilla some flavoured BCAAs, some essential aminos. We'll talk about BCAAs and essential aminos and the role they play in the upcoming episodes, I guess. But also, we're going to have a glutamine, so amino acid glutamine. I mentioned that earlier with uh, Kathleen for uh, helping gut lining, but great for recovery uh, post-workout. Uh, we're going to have a greens drink as well, an alkalizing green drink. That might actually come up on a superfood segment, Tom, the uh, greens drink. Uh, uh, so, that, yeah, we're going to have all those, plus uh, merchandise and all that sort of stuff. But exciting times. We're in the process of finalizing all the, the flavors now. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled. Before we go, mate, what's your dosage recommendations for whey protein? Okay, my dosage recommendations are really simple. I keep, yes. like to keep things simple, as you know, Tom. Females, 30 to 40 grams. Uh, and males, 40 to 50. But if you wanted some uh, juicy facts and figures, uh, you know, the Poliquin recommendations, and Poliquin's obviously someone that we uh, respect down at Clean Health, and we uh, follow a lot of the recommendations that he uh, suggests, uh, 0.5 grams per kilo he likes to use, which works out similar to, to the numbers that I gave you, depending on the weight of the person. Now, if you are, uh, you know, a lot of people have carbs post-workout. I certainly do with uh, the guys that are insulin sensitive and it's a volume type workout. A couple of ratios, uh, carb to protein, one to one, pretty standard, uh, yep. you go to, up to two to one. But if you're some sort of endurance athlete, you know, heaven forbid, you might go as high as a, a four to one carb to protein ratio or, or a three to one. But yeah, one to one or two to one carb to protein, i.e. 50 grams protein, 50 grams carbs, or your two to one would be 100 grams carbs, 50 yep. grams protein. But um, remember to have a uh, decent amount of water in there, up to about 10 mils uh, per gram, gram yeah, of, of carbohydrate, just to reduce that GI distress. Yeah, but, um, 500 mils of water. 30 to 40 females, 40 to 50 males, that's what I recommend. Very good. <laughs>
and that has been the show for today. A under cracker the, under the bar. So just remember as we what we covered on the program today, the gut protocol. Yes. If a little bit cooking the guts, try some apple cider vinegar, increase your fiber intake. Rotate your foods. Rotate your foods and maybe chuck in a little bit of glutamine there as well. Yep. The Romanian deadlift rodin. Bang for buck movement, entry level movement into uh, posterior chain strengthening and hypertrophication. Hypertrophication for the posterior chain. I might add also, Tom, that posterior chain generally gets neglected. Everyone does, you know, knee extension, very, you know, out of the car, up yeah. from the seat. You know, yeah. posterior chain gets neglected. So really it should be two for one. It, two posterior chain workouts for one quad workout. Apple cider vinegar, the superfood. Mm. Use it before your meals, but please dilute it because it's very strong. It can actually wear away the enamel from your teeth apart yep. from uh, burning the back of your throat. You can give your hair a wash with it too while you're at it. Heavy light training. Very versatile. A great method can be used for beginners and intermediate right through to the advanced trainer. Yep. yep. Uh, simple on paper, very tough in the gym. Nice way to get a, a, some serious hypertrophy there with your fast twitch and slow twitch fibers being covered. Whey protein. Mm. Think about what type you're having, what the purpose of the protein is for. Yep, definitely. For hypertrophy, you can't go wrong. That's been the show. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can. Podcast at cleanhealth.com.au. Any questions you have? And uh, check out the website, cleanhealth.com.au forward slash podcast.